0: warning the podcast you are about to listen to is explicit we are here to talk about our lives the great times the messy times but let's be honest we learn from those messy times content may be triggering as we explore together our lives spirituality trauma recovery and growth Welcome to Stumbling Through Enlightenment. I'm Jason. And I'm Edward. Every day, we are working through our shit. And today,
1: we invite you to work through some of yours with us. Let me give you a quick rundown on what we're going to do in today's episode. The first part of the episode is where Ed and I talk about what's going on in our day-to-day lives, and where you'll be able to hear how we support each other's growth. During the second portion, Ed and I will have a deep dive discussion topic ranging from self-awareness, metaphysics, mental health, personal discovery, and much more. So, Jason, how's things been going? Things been going good, Ed. Things been going good? Things been going good. Yeah, um, (laughs) I've done a little bit of work. On the stuff I had discussed, I think, last check-in about, you know, the struggles I was having with abandonment and, you know, the changing in the relationship with my son and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, so it's still, I mean, I still have the feelings of it, but yep. I was able to get to a point where I could talk to him about it, you know, and kind of explain. Um, in therapy, one of the things that came up was uh, I, I completely like a hundred percent protect my children from my childhood yes so i don't talk about what happened in my childhood i don't talk about like a lot of that stuff you know jessica will fill in you know oh at christmas time we would do this you know we would do we would do this on fun weekends or you know that kind of a right thing. but i don't share that stuff because even the good stuff is fucked up right, so right. you know what i mean yeah So I just I don't share much. And that stems from the early understanding of suicide prevention and how if your children are aware that you have attempted suicide or if your children have had a parent that has actually committed suicide, your children are two thirds more likely to have an attempt in their lifetime right so because of that and because i have had two suicide attempts i've taken that and just kind of shut down everything because i don't want that to be known do you know what i mean i want to protect them from that so in therapy i was talking with my therapist and i was like you know i just want to say to him like you know i hated my dad but I hated my dad because he locked me in trunks, because he he tortured me, because he sold me to people, because he was, you know, constantly looming over me my entire life. Right. That he was alive. From. Right. There was a reason for that. that Do you know hatred? what I mean? Yeah. Like, I hated my dad because of that. You hate me. Why? What am I doing to you? And she's like, why don't you say that to him? <laughs> and and I the was look like, on your face is just like shit. Um. It, 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 yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why I don't. I don't know why I don't. I don't. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to say. She said, "Well, you just said it. Why can't you say that to him?" Right. And she essentially gave me permission to talk about my life with my kids, and I needed that for some reason. Yeah. Like it's it 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 always amazes me how often I give permission to people to be who they are right right i do that a lot i don't know i can't think of another experience where i have felt this kind of relief from someone giving me permission to do something wow if that makes sense yeah i don't i don't i'm I'm not the type of person that looks for permission. I actually often look at it in a hostile way versus a positive way. Yeah. You know, like, you don't need to tell me I can do that. Fuck yeah, you. Right. I know right. I can I know do I that. got this. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, like, yeah. Or, well, not that as much, but right, like, right, you yeah. know, whatever. Like, it's okay to be who I am and be these things and whatnot. So, I, I'm not a permission seeker, I think is what the point is. Yeah. So, for that to occur was, it was so foreign to me because... I finally really understand what what that does for someone, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, like I didn't have a negative reaction at all, which has, I think, really been my only reaction in the past. Is more that ego, like you don't need to tell me it's okay. (laughs) It's okay because I fucking say it's okay for me, you know, whatever. Like, yeah, and I that didn't even occur to me. When I had this experience, none of that occurred to me. Nothing occurred to me to say, what the fuck? Of course I know I can do. And I've been thinking about that. And I I don't know. I can't put together whether it is the fact that this has really just occurred to me and occurred for me at the same time. And that's where I've gotten this insight. Yeah. Or have I had all of these opportunities in the past to get that kind of insight? out of somebody else offering permission, but my ego was too involved to accept Yeah. Versus with my therapist. I mean, we've worked together for it's probably going on five years now. Yep. And I think I've let her in. I think that's why I didn't have that response. Yeah. Which is incredible. Right. I was just that's a breakthrough in and of itself. I mean that's right. Huge because thing. I I don't do that. Right. Like we've been friends forever. And there are moments when I let you in, but it's fleeting, it's momentary, yeah, there are more moments that I let Jessica in, but again, it's fleeting, it's momentary, yeah, and this woman, my therapist, got in without me recognizing that she got <laughs> in.
0: you know what I mean right she's like very good
1: <laughs> on on some level i have i think I've really let my guard completely down with this person that's awesome and So that's where I'm at. I'm trying to figure out whether it's that. Yeah. Like, is this just this really unique situation where, like, I really needed permission? There was a part of me that was in that hurt enough place that it needed to be told it was okay? Or have I lost that opportunity so many times because my ego said, fuck you. You don't don't get to tell me it's okay. I get to tell you it's okay. Right. Or opposite. I get to tell myself that it's okay. Right. My first response, my first thought is yeah. that this was so
0: fundamentally, <laughs> this specific situation yep. was so fundamentally you trying to protect the kids yep. that that was your mode. And it was not done out of ego. It was done out of love. You That's know, the only obviously. thing I could see. Right. <laughs> and, or it
1: was the safest path.
0: Right. And and so where everything else that people have, quote unquote, given you permission for have has I mean, in my experiences with you, it has always been about you keeping yourself safe. Do you know what I mean?
1: I think I do. Yeah. You
0: setting your own boundaries. You setting your own parameters. And so you don't want somebody else's permission because you have had other people's permissions in the past or other people telling you. It. That's not one of those things. This is you, again, from what I can see, is, is you protecting your children. And to have somebody go and somebody who you trust. Yeah. Say... Apparently Listen, a lot. Apparently a lot. It's okay for you to do this, so you know you're not going to be fucking up your kids. You know, like I mean, there's a whole of that space right. there. So I, I
1: wonder if that,
0: because it has yeah. to do with with your son and not with your own protection of yourself.
1: Yeah, I think I think you're right. Wow, actually, <laughs> no. I, well, I and I'm putting this together. Like, I think that's absolutely right. I think I come at parenting. From a completely different standpoint than I come at myself parenting. Right. I have a lot more baggage about myself parenting. But with my actual parenting, like, I'm always looking for resources. I'm always looking for information. You know, if something comes up with the kids, I'm fucking Googling it. I'm watching YouTube videos about it. Right, absolutely. How do you deal with this shit? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I wonder, uh, that, that makes sense. That as a parent... I'm a lot more open to advice and suggestion than I am as just me. Yeah. 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 yeah so now that's even more complicated. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, I understood that as it was
0: leaving my mouth and you were like, you're right. I'm like, Oh fuck, this is not going to end up necessarily yeah. any, any simpler. No but, you know. no,
1: but I mean that, that hmm. does make sense why it would have been not just that the trust was there, but why it would have been easier to trust. Exactly. Because I, this woman seems healthy. I mean, she seems like a healthy person for me. Right. If that makes sense. I yeah. And again, I mean, this is the beauty of it. I don't even know if the woman's married. I don't know. I know where she lives because she mentioned it with weather one day, like town-wise. But right. I mean, I know hardly nothing about this woman. But yet, I am able to be so vulnerable with her. I I I don't know. Even way back in the day, like... The person that I give a lot of my um, credit for my growth to was a therapist um, who was a Buddhist. And he got me into Buddhism and that kind of changed a lot for my life. Um, But even with him, I wasn't really vulnerable. You know what I mean? I still very much had that front. Um, So I, I think this is probably one of the first therapy relationships that I've had that is this raw. You know, that is this vulnerable and all. Yeah, that's, I mean. Yeah, yeah. That's incredible. I mean,
0: I, I just, I mean, that. So, so have you, have you spoken to your son about this? Have you, have you said this to your son? <clears throat>
1: kind of. <laughs> uh, we did, we did have a conversation. I did say something similar to that. Yeah. To him. Um. I still don't know where things are at with that. You know what I mean? The yeah. the, the feelings are still there, but my response is i'm i'm consciously acting in a way contrary to how i feel is where i'm at with it yep and i know they say fake it till you make it but i've become less of a fan of that of that saying i i personally I think am
0: completely opposed to that that saying
1: yeah i think i think this is just you you keep trying until it makes sense yeah you know what i mean like And I think that is what it is, is that I'm just going to have to keep trying to have a healthy relation, even though there's so much inside of me that is trying to pull it to an unhealthy place. Right. And I think I had mentioned this before, but I have lived my entire life and survived my entire life based on my intuition and instinct. Yeah. Very much so. And to completely negate that in order to be a better parent, I think has been a big challenge. You know, I have to, I have to not act how I feel. Right. I have to not act on what I feel. And I have to, I have to really be conscious of that because I am very much, you know, the intuition says this, you just go with it. Like, you know, I'm, I'm. When it comes to my intuition, I can't think of many times other than this, that I've been the rock in the river versus the water in the river. Right. Right. Like I have to stand still and say, no, this is how I am going to be as a parent against all of that flow of paranoia and abandonment and all of that shit. Yeah. And I'm not a rock guy. Right, no, I am. you know what I mean. Well, like, and you're a cancer on top of that, so like, you're, you're my intuition really comes and right. I just flow right down the river with it. You are like, really not a rocky guy, um, so yeah, I mean, that it's it's been a completely different mindset that I've had to put to this, yeah. And I I I'm not there yet, right? You know, and that's that's also part of it is yes, I'm not trying to fake it till I make it, I keep trying and. I make the choice that I would want myself to make, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Um, but yeah, it's there. There's so much attached to that. That doesn't, it doesn't come out. There's no, there's no release for that other yeah. than to continue validating that. I am the rock, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. Yeah. to continue validating that because <clears throat> in this case, my intuition is wrong. Yeah. And that is, that's just extremely rare for me. I, I don't know that I can off the top of my head think of a situation where that's happened. For as long as I've known you,
0: I can't think of a situation
1: that has yeah. been a thing. So... I mean, you've called I mean, so many things, that it's not even funny, well, you and, know? <laughs> and even to my detriment, yeah, oh, yeah. you know, at times. I mean, that the reality is that. Like, I have, God, the moving... That I used to do. You know, if I didn't want to be here and I wanted to be there, boom, I was there. If I didn't want to be here, I wanted to be there, boom, I was there. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. and, and at that point, there was a huge wake of disaster behind me. But I kind of got out of that eventually, I feel like. When I had a family, that made me stop creating as many wakes behind me. Yeah. If that makes me... like sense. Fi- Except your, your... for in work. That's where I continued it. As right. a, in a family, I continued it through work. Which is so interesting because now I have, through the therapy that I've done, been able to maintain the same job for three years now. Which, for me, is incredible. Yeah. I mean, I'm a six-month guy. Yeah. You get me in there, you get me what I'm doing, I'm bored, I'm out. You know, I'm a, I'm not, a, a year is a long time ago. Right. You know, and it's coming up on three years. Which is, again, like you said, that's incredible. Actually, it's coming up on four years. I'm a year off. It's coming up on four years. So it it has. It has. It has. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's just. No, it is three. It is three. It is three. Because I started a couple weeks before we started the podcast. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So almost three years. And it's been through therapy. There have been three situations that have come up where I would have run before. I uh, just gone somewhere and not to be in any way, shape, egotistical, but my job is a dime a dozen. Yeah. I can go with, you know, with 22 years of experience, I can go anywhere and get hired within an hour. Exactly. I mean, your skill set is, is definitely, and it's, you it's know. in a, it's in a high demand area. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, you don't have a lot of social worker type people out there that want to actually get into the dirt with people you know and that's what my job is i i go into the dirt with people and i help them figure out how to grow them, right like yeah. so so my job's easy to replace and that has enabled years of being able to be a six-month guy right you know i'm in i'm out i'm in i'm out i've worked for at least four agencies that don't even exist anymore, like you know, and it's, even that's transitory. Like places open up all the time, so I can't have worked everywhere in my community already and burnt it all out because they're constantly opening and closing. Right. So it really has enabled this behavior of just cut and run. You know, it's uncomfortable. Leave. Uncomfortable. Leave. It's not. Doesn't feel right. Leave. Whatever. And <clears throat> it's been cool to be able to it to work through not leaving and to still feel as okay about my job at the end of it. yeah because if i were in a situation like i am with my oldest where like i have to be that rock and i'm forcing myself i can't i couldn't do that at work well and you couldn't do your I definitely There's couldn't do your job that way no absolutely not zero tolerance for that yeah. like i just could not do that in a work situation and I haven't had to in them because not only have I been able to figure out how to circumnavigate those rocks, yeah. Basically, I've figured out how to not keep carrying them with me so far at work, <laughs> right. right? And we and we've talked about it. I mean, a, a couple of those
0: things, you know, on the podcast where yeah. and, and I to see that kind of growth for you in work because I know, <laughs> I know. Oh, so um, what what uh, what what
1: place are you working at this week, Jason? Right, yeah. right. Well, and I mean. It, And I don't want to get too specific, but there was a time period where I moved to literally the middle of absolutely nowhere with Ed. Yep. Okay? Ed was more familiar with the place. He had some roots there, whatever. I didn't. I had nothing. I had Ed's dad, and Ed would hide in his room all the time. So I had nothing. (laughs) Except for work, home, to do nothing. We didn't have cable. So... I don't know, that lasted, what, two months, three months? Yeah, that wasn't long at all. Yeah, so I leave him up there in the Middle East, bumfuck, and I go back to wherever I want to go.
0: <laughs> you know, and and
1: there were times where I would move, you know, I moved way more than I moved jobs. Right. Which is interesting. I didn't do it as long, so I definitely have moved way more jobs than I have homes. Yeah. But I think that's just that, that continual mommy stuff, you know, because that's what my mom would do. If things were uncomfortable, she'd run away, or she'd get herself in a hole and have to run away, and then get herself in another hole and yeah. have to run away. You know, it was that that constant. So you were able to fulfill that that behavior with
0: with life and where you were living for a while, but then when yep. that slowed down, then you had to fill it. And I with had to do job, work.
1: Yep, yep. And now, now you're starting to come. And out now of I'm the, I'm not you know, running as much, which is wonderful. And I think that that's where it comes to because. Yep. This whole thing with my son, that's what I originally did. I just ran. Right. I was like, all right, I'm just not going to deal with it. Not going to deal with it. Just going to be there. I'm not going to deal with it. And that was shitty. It felt awful. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm glad for my therapist. I think yeah. that's the end. That's the takeaway from that one. That's the takeaway, yeah. Do therapy. Be vulnerable. It helps. right, <laughs> <laughs> right. You make it sound so easy. All right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So um, in my work lately, I've been thinking a lot about, of course, the trauma. Um, and I we've talked about one of the things I do is I get high and I allow my brain to work the way that it's supposed to on pot. And I I, I go into these very traumatic thought patterns for myself yeah, based upon fears or occurrences that are anxious provo- anxiety-provoking in my now and then go back uh, to my childhood and kind of work through some of those things. And... I I have kind of this fascinating thought pattern about how, you know, trauma and what we've gone through colors our perception um, without us, you know, sometimes without us knowing it, you yeah. know, and then also how it's, how it's actually passed on, you know, from, and, and I think you're going to be really great for this because, you know, we've talked yeah. about your kids and, and how yeah. you want to pack yeah. that on. But, um, and this really kind of started like, I don't know, three three years ago, maybe a little bit more, and I I had a storage unit. I had not moved into my place yet, um, and I I missed a payment or two. I don't remember exactly how that worked, but I had gotten a call saying they were going to empty my storage unit. Yeah, and I freaked out. Wow. not because, and this is this is this is where the moment was. Not because I was going to lose all my stuff. Yeah, it wasn't because of that. It was because I had some family heirlooms in there, and I was afraid that everybody was going to be mad at me, and I was going to get yelled at and screamed at. Yep. So my anxiety had nothing to do with me whatsoever. My my Mm. trauma trigger had nothing to do with me. I mean, there was a little bit of that, obviously, but the overwhelming fear... I mean I called them immediately I, when yeah. I got the message and, and and as I was sitting on the side of the road breathing deeply because I, I was I was panicking you're panicking yeah. exactly I realized why I was and so that that has has fast forward to now is, these are the things that, that I'm working on and I'm realizing exactly how much of again, how much of my trauma has colored my perception of whether people like me whether people don't like me whether that should matter whether i should stay in a job whether i should not stay in a job what my relationship with money is what my you know all of these things were traumatic spaces and you know the, the the bible says i don't believe i'm quoting the bible right now but the bible says that the sins of the father are are visited upon the children you know and i think that that's really what this comes down to is that our parents were not. I know that in my case, and I know, <laughs> yeah. we know in your case that, you know, your parents weren't necessarily conscious. Yeah. And they were reacting to their trauma, which okay. then, of course, created this downhill. Absolutely. Um, how, so, so my question, and we've talked again loosely about it, but for my question for you at this point is like, I know that dealing with it on my side is really all about identification. Yeah. And kind of going back and going, this is not me. Yeah. This is my trauma. This is not me. This is what I went through. Yeah. Um, and holy shit, I've been letting this belief or this feeling control my life for this entire time. And, yeah. and my interactions with every single person in the world, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I... I mean, my more, my more thought yeah. pattern is, because you're a parent, is I would really like to know, like, how you have mitigated, not you and Jessica, how yeah. you guys have not passed on. I mean, I know that there's mistakes and everything, but, you know, like, yeah. stuff happens, yeah. but.
1: um, <clears throat> it, It's funny, just to start with, it's, it's funny that you talk about losing things and how you would be perceived for losing those things yeah. that were, like, family heirlooms or whatever. Right. And, uh. This last, that was something I did during the, the COVID quarantine, is I had had four pieces of furniture that were quote-unquote family heirlooms Okay. that I didn't like. They had sat in storage for years. I was tired of storing them. Yeah. So I got rid of them. I got rid of them. And it was fucking hard until I was ready. And then I just got rid of them. I got rid of clothes that I had kept of my mother's forever. I got rid of um, there was this huge uh, antique like pirate's chest looking thing, yeah, you know, like that my grandmother brought over on the boat. Like, oh my! I didn't get rid of the chest, but it was full of stuff, and I got rid of all the stuff. Yep, the blankets, the the baby stuff. There was a lot of my brother's baby stuff, so I took that over to him and just gave it to him. And I like, didn't even give it to him. I just left it there. And... Right. So different I empty... story, different time. Yeah, I mean, it was just a ton of stuff. You know, baby stuff and my brother's christening outfit and, you know, weird shit like that. And yeah. I just, I got rid of it all. And guess what I did? I put my kids' stuff in it. I put my kids' baby pictures in it and memorabilia in it. And now it's mine. Right. But for so many years, I toted that around and it was never mine. Right. It was. It never belonged to me. Right. It was always something I was just holding on to. And when I realized that I wasn't holding on to it for any reason other than the fact that it was established as an important piece of wood. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> like, I was able to transition through that fairly quickly once I was ready to. Yeah. But it did. It took me years. I mean, my mother died. Hold on. My mother died 17 years ago, and I've been lugging around multiple houses, this shit, for 17 years. And there's no point in it. My right. kids aren't going to want it. You know, they're, they're grandkids. By the time I have grandkids, I'm not going to have it anymore because, honestly, our plan is to RV it through right, retirement. Right, right, exactly. You know, and that doesn't involve lugging around furniture you don't need. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, so we kept this chest. I got rid of the rocking chair that I was rocked in as a baby, supposedly. I got rid of the the desk that my grandfather built for my mother. Mm-hmm. Like, and I got rid of this cabinet that my mother had had. It was like maybe the first thing she bought after she left my father. Yep. And she used to keep like lighthouses in it. It was like a curio cabinet. Yes, I remember that. Yep. And I actually... If you remember from season one, I gave that to Lori. Yes. Yes. Um, so she has it in her shop now. But these things I had held on to forever. Right. And then it was just time to get rid of them.
0: You know, ironically, like, so the, the two things that I, I had that were our family heirlooms, right? So I have the chair that's right here in the living room with us. And um, and then there's a cabinet over in the kitchen. Yeah. Now that cabinet I had wanted since I was five years old I, yeah. I mean I think we've we've talked about that on the podcast, so like it's mine, as yeah. for all intents and purposes, it's mine, yeah, my fear of losing it had nothing to do, you know what I mean like it was still like I would yeah. never want to get rid of it because I like it, it's mine, you know yeah. um the chair i I'm still incredibly impressed that I have the chair. This is my grandfather's chair, it came over from England. It was my great grandfather's chair. That's like a status symbol or something. It, well part of it is a status symbol. The other piece to it is is I have such fond memories of this chair. Yeah. You know, so like again, it's mine. I love it. But that was not what, what came through my mind. It was like what other people were going to like yeah. let me because unlike you, I do have a very extended family and yes. I have a, a lot of lot of aunts, a lot of uncles. Yes. You know. And um you know there there's there is a lot of of attachment to that like the status symbol, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I that's what I was kinda of thinking with that. Yeah, and, and that's where I went to um but there are things in my life that I haven't gotten rid of because I'm just not ready and I've been lugging around for like yeah. ever stuff from my father. Oh, I still have
1: that. I mean I have my my um mother's china set. Mm-hmm. That I have never used, never been out of the box. It hasn't been out of the box when she had it for most of the time that we've lived outside of of where I grew up. Yeah. Like it just sits there. I think about it often. I think about well, I'll just take the box over to Ed. Right. Have Ed sell it off. I was just thinking. Just hasn't happened. Just hasn't happened. So, what in all of that? Yeah.
0: What in all of that perception work? Like, you know, why did you carry it? Like, what? What in your life made you keep a hold of this?
1: I think. I think it's value. You know, the the desk had been around forever, but it really wasn't anything I used. Right. Um. Like as a kid, even like it wasn't. It was like in my father's room. It wasn't some place I would go. Yeah. Um. the rocking chair was in our living room the whole time um those things were easy to let go of because they were very much in ways reminders of that younger younger time period yeah so i think those were easy to let go the cabinet that my mother worshipped you know yeah (laughs) that was harder to let go because I had moved that so many times and had to be careful with it, you know, because my mother would move every couple of months too. Right, right. So you took on her need to keep that. Well, I I took on her responsibility, yeah, to keep that safe. And that was harder to let go. Also because I used it. I did incorporate that. Yeah. You know, I had my crystals in it and stuff like that. I realized one day that I didn't want my crystals to be in a cabinet. I wanted the to be in my living space so i took them all out of there and i put them all over my house right um and then i didn't need the cabinet so it it it, it was natural for that to go in um especially because laurie was opening our store she needed that type of thing you know yeah. displays um the dishes i grew up my entire life not being able to touch those dishes not being you know being careful not to break those dishes building a reverence absolutely yeah absolutely and that i think is where 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 it it comes in the worst for me is where i have taken on that responsibility now to keep these safe yep and that's all that matters is that they're safe. Right. No one needs to use them. They never need to come out of the box. No, you know, why do we need to enjoy them? Right. We just need to keep them safe. Right. You know, like, and that that is absolutely where I'm at with that. So on behalf of anybody that's listening <laughs> that uh, knows
0: something or anything about antique dishes, you're not keeping them safe.
1: Yeah. Because
0: if they're still maintained in the box without ever airing out and whatnot, they're probably crazed at this point, which yeah. is a breakdown. But they're probably what? It's called crazy. It's like that crackling that happens. You see, oh, on like, that was what they looked like before they went in there. Oh my god, how old are these fucking things? Anyway, it was just yeah. Like, they're mean wow. They were I don't know. Okay, so so they're probably not even they're they're not even valuable then in that case for the most part. Yeah, you know. Um. So we we we've just discussed this using using furniture, which I think is a great way to do this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, how have you kept like the way that trauma has shaped you and and Jessica? You know,
1: like how have you guys kept that? i bang with the kids yeah yeah that's that's a much more complicated answer so culturally between the time that our parents were young and my kids were young there has been an enormous shift oh yeah in materialism you know we we buy things now we throw them out three years later when they break you know they have you ever seen that meme that shows like the that old yellow refrigerator from 1960 oh God, yes. that still runs today. Right. But yet you go out and buy a brand new GE and three years later you need to replace it. Yep. Like, I think that has a ton to do with it. Because there aren't... We don't have those things. Anymore. Like, unless they're the things that we got. Yeah. Like, we don't have those things. There isn't a piece of furniture that's going to last a lifetime. There isn't a desk that's going to last a lifetime. Right. You know, that doesn't exist anymore. So materialistically it is there there's no responsibility there anymore you know when my kids grow up and move on they're not going to take things that they grew up with because those things will be destroyed they're going to be gone right you know that the chest may be the only thing that's there you know what i mean because that was made to last forever like so i think that plays a huge part into it the other huge piece just culturally is we're no longer avoiding our feelings. Like, yeah. it's now culturally acceptable to talk about your feelings, to talk about your experiences, to talk about your struggles. Where our parents and their parents grew up in environments where you just suppress, 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 suppress. Yeah. And I think that's something that, you know, people always bitch about the millennials, but I think when you see these millennial versus Gen X type things, you what you're really seeing is Gen X I don't give a shit is I'm numb right and millennials I give a shit about everything because I'm not numb right and i think that that honestly is where it shifted i think at at that point in time it was more okay to not be okay and has become so more and more and more and more as we've progressed in our country yeah i think that has gotten extremely out of control on all sides but there's more middle ground now yeah where there hadn't been hardly any at all you know you were radical if you were talking about abuse right oh god and 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 you were being oh
0: you were you were way blowing things out of proportion i mean you know he only hit her twice
1: there there are are in the 60s the the folks that were doing like the Esalon and the the psycho spiritual integration at the time and, and those types of things were insanely fringe. Oh, yeah. I mean, you you didn't talk about these things anywhere. And these places, these classes that you could go to were not only very expensive and hard to get to, but it was a radical thing to talk about how you felt yeah. when you were there. And that's really all they were, was places where you could talk about how you felt, what you experienced. Right. But that was radical. And I think by the time those people got to adults, like in the 80s, that started to shift. And I think that has made it far less likely that that trauma will continue to be passed on and on and on. Because with my kids, if I'm upset, I'm upset. If I'm sad, I'm sad. If I'm mad, I'm mad. If I'm happy, I'm happy. Right? Right. That's a foundational thing. We didn't grow up with that. We yeah. grew up with, if I'm mad, I'm happy. If I'm sad, I'm happy. If I'm, right. if I'm happy, I'm not too happy. Right. You know? Or if I'm mad, I'm pissed, enraged. Well, that's the I'm, thing. You you know, I lose you control. control. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Mad, mad became, I lose control. And I think that's why anger is seen as such a negative thing, because anger is seen as losing control versus being able to be a healthy emotion. Right. Because it's an emotion. You know, there are books out there that are written about how anger doesn't even exist. Like, there is a whole industry about avoiding anger. Yeah. When anger is transformational. Like, if you want to change, anger is one of the first energies to go to. Like, that is the way through for a lot of people. Is through that anger, and it was avoided. Yeah. So I don't know that 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 baggage is as easily transferable when it's out in the open. Right. That it exists. That
0: it was something that we went through, and more and more people are talking about it. You know, I I do enjoy.
1: You know, you see it all. Parents aren't well. uh, Parents aren't gods anymore. Well, that's true. You know exactly, and that's that. I think is where that that passing down of shit starts to fall away right is that parents are no longer gods they're no longer the end-all be-all you know and kids are now able to grow up knowing that their parents have faults versus being versus being forced to see their faults as strengths right 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 being stoic and never talking right the way you're a man or, you know,
0: the parents acting out and it's your fault because you didn't, you, right. you, you, know, you were being a kid, but you didn't behave correctly. Right. Um, I, you know, I, I, I think, I mean, that, that right there gives me a lot of hope because hopefully my, you know, like my nieces and nephews and, you know, all yeah. won't have to go through like what we're doing. Like, but. I think you're right. Once we stopped, once we started talking about it, yeah, that really has changed the culture because now you see things all the time. People wear shirts, people wear whatever. This is where this is where uh, generational trauma comes to die. I mean, you right. know, like there's right. things yeah. like that because you know you're healing that. We're we're working towards healing that, and we're working on trying not to pass it down. But we're acknowledging it. And, we, and and we just talked about permission a while back, you know? Yeah. And this is one of those things where, and I was just thinking about this, so you're like, well, parents are no longer seen as gods. Because we no longer see our parents as God. Yeah. That has given
1: us permission not to be God. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Not to pass that on. You know, I, I think, I don't know about that. I, I think a natural part of growing up is to see your parents more as human. Mm-hmm. And I think that that has happened throughout time. You know what I mean? I think that's more of a perspective thing yep. than it is a, a trauma-related thing. Okay. Like, as you grow older and you have more similar experience to your parent, you start to see how you respond to that and then realize, well, maybe they were responding. You know what I mean? There's yeah. this insight that comes naturally to growing older. And, well, hopefully. Hopefully, right. And... Um, <laughs> Because there are some people that aren't. I mean, i've I've met I've met people my age that are see their parent as a god, and their parent is you know this very reclusive alcoholic. Like, so th- I mean that still exists, and I think that there there is still that, but I think that's getting harder for that to exist, to exist. than it is for the more vulnerable emotionally available person to exist yeah if that makes sense and i i think that that's where you see the individual's growth so for instance like i could have chosen to be like my mother or my father right but i could identify that i needed to do something different that identification came through a lot of friggin' dark right right like a little bit here a little bit there a little bit here a little bit there and that doesn't exist anymore now kids can go online And hear all kinds of healthy emotional stuff. Right. There are all kinds of unhealthy emotional stuff. Like their perspective is so much broader than what yours or mine would have been. Right. Because we only had our world to base it on. These kids have the world to base it on. Yeah. And And if they want to be ignorant and be this, you know, whatever person, that's fine. They can choose. Yeah. But that's not... It's what's a lot happening harder. culturally? I would say it's a lot harder to do. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons, one of my motivations
0: for working on the podcast is I want people to know that they're not alone because I can't be the only yeah. one that went through this, and I know that I'm not because you know, yeah. And and
1: I yeah no I I so it was if it was, it was a long answer to a short question, it really well, but, but it's
0: very complicated.
1: You I know, I don't I don't see the passing on of trauma being as easy to do as it had been right and again because we talk about it on a cultural exactly on a cultural level because even if you're in that home where you know dad is trying to still be the dad's dad of dad's dad who just you know i i go back to that stoic unemotional male because that was such a typical archetype that still very much does exist. There's still a lot of men out there that are very afraid to be anything other than stone. Right. You know what I mean? Um, Because that's not being a man. Right. But in reality, that man's child is going to school. They're seeing the world through social media. There are just so many other influences that for me, I was maybe lucky enough to find something somewhere from someone. Right. The right person at the right time. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't think kids today need that as much as we did. Yeah. I don't think they need the right person at the right time. I think they have access to so many people all the time. That's Does that awesome. make sense? Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. And 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 I thank you for that because, you
0: know, that's, that is, you know, as much as this has been a, a topic that's been on my mind, on, on the pushing forward that's always been a fear of mine too you know is right pushing, yeah what am I gonna do to my kids right pushing, yeah. push, pushing forward any of that trauma yeah you know well thank you this was this was really yeah. good
1: good good I hope you enjoyed the show today remember you can always reach out to us through our Facebook page at Stumbling Through Enlightenment follow us on Twitter at Stumbling T-H-R-O-U go to our website to check out more episodes and information about us personally that is stumblingthroughenlightenment.squarespace.com you can also reach out to us directly at stumblingthroughenlightenment at gmail.com that's it for today have a great week